Hi everyone, I hope you're well and having a good day. I'm excited today to be joined by Essity. So Essity is a leading global hygiene and health company dedicated to improving well-being through their products and solutions, basically the essentials of everyday life. You may not have heard of the name Essity before, but you'll have certainly heard of their brands. Some of their brands include Plenty, Cashel, Bodyform and Actimove. Right, so breaking news now, guys. We've had a couple of webinars in the last few weeks and the roles haven't been open because they'll be open in the, in the autumn. But ST is live with two of their graduate programmes. So their Go graduate programme, or Go graduate programme, if people are not from Yorkshire and can't understand Go, um, are, ex are accepting all STEM disciplines. And their process engineering programme will accept applications from chemical, process and mechanical engineering disciplines. So make sure you go to the um, ST Hub on Gradcracker and get your applications in. The first closing date that we're working towards is the 11th of April, so there really is no time to waste. Right, back to the webinar and a did you know session now and um, that the name Essity stems from the word essentials and necessities. Essity. I didn't know that before this webinar. Um, so I thought, I thought that I'd chuck that in there. So hopefully this webinar will give you an insight into what life is like as a graduate at Essity and also what the future could hold in store for you. So make sure you do your research and um, their hub includes lots of great information and um, specifically a page called Why Choose Essity, um, which mentions about as a STEM graduate, the roles that you can go into anything from engineering to R&D and even sales with offices of, with over offices in over 60 countries and um, there definitely will be a position available for you. The hub also includes a benefits page detailing all the key benefits that you'll receive as a STEM graduate. Examples include flexible working, well-being incentives and competitive rewards. And the exciting news is that ST will be in the Gradcracker five-year club next year, which means over the last couple of years, like five years, they'll be, um, they've been advertising on Gradcracker. So that's definitely a time um, that we'll be excited about. So now I'd like to introduce you to the panel. I'm going to go off script a little bit here. Ruth, I was going to say Ruth, the talent acquisition country manager, but Ruth, the world famous, has appeared on <laughs> Channel 5, <laughs> program. Join us in, but the privilege. So thank you, Ruth, for taking the time from commercial television to be on the Grad Cracker webinar. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Come on, Ruth. Don't say Hello. So Ruth, um, sounds like Monty Don then. Um, Ruth, tell us about yourself and describe your role within ST. So um my title is, um, as you say, Talent Acquisition Country Manager, and I've been doing this particular role with it with ST for about the last three years. Um, prior to that, I had various HR manager positions within the company, um, mainly at various manufacturing sites across the northwest of the UK. Uh, so I've been with the company nearly 10 years now, coming up to 10 years. Um, so I've had some good opportunities to move around and develop my career within, within the company. And I'm guessing this is your favourite role so far, Ruth? Absolutely, it's my favourite role. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> it's particularly great to um, attract people to the company, you know, get our message out there, particularly as ST changed its name three years ago. Prior to that, we were called SCA and it's um, a lot of work around letting people know 
what SET is all about, what we have to offer as a company, um, and um, and then hopefully attracting people to apply for particular roles, particularly at young professionals um, in our graduate scheme and, our, and also our apprenticeship schemes. Um, so, you know, I really enjoy that aspect of the role. Yeah, and I remember Ruth, when you first started at SET, I first started at Grad Cracker. So we've both been there 10 years and obviously Jess has done 10 years as well at Grad Cracker, haven't you? Ah. Exciting times. Right, let's meet the graduates. So we're joined by Sam, um, who studied biochemistry at Swansea, Gary, who studied biomedical sciences at Manchester, and Zainab, who studied chemical engineering at Bradford, which is my hometown. So shout out to Bradford. I'm very excited. (laughs) Um, This webinar will hopefully give you, the audience, into an insight into the different avenues a STEM degree can take you. And today we're focusing on the fast moving consumer goods sector. So what does that actually mean? And the fast moving consumer goods industry covers the household items that you buy when shopping in the supermarket. Fast moving implies that the items are quick to leave the shelves and also tend to be high volume, but low in cost. These products are the essential items, necessity, um, that we use every single day. And this multi-million pound sector holds some of the most famous brands that will come to you and, and that you will use every single day of your lives. So let's go on and meet the panel. Brilliant. Thanks, Carla. So as Carla mentioned, you all have a background in STEM. Um, I am interested to know why you initially chose to study the degree you did at university and then why you chose to not kind of continue in that particular career path Mm. and and change slightly. So Sam, coming to you. Brilliant. Um, Well, I actually did uh, natural sciences in my first year. So I've spent a year abroad studying um yeah a broad range of scientific subjects like computer science physics and of course biochemistry and then for my second and third year um yeah I spent that at Swansea University partially for the beach partially for the course um and there I really kind of obviously I was really interested in the subject at the time um just because to me uh you know, it sounded really interesting to know about all these little processes happening inside your cells and mm-hmm. and how they contribute to the body as a, a whole. Um, but on the on the flip side, as you said, you know, I got a firsthand experience of kind of um, what I didn't really want to do uh, in a career um, that would be followed by a standard biochemist. Um, it would kind of would have been either academia or lab work, um, which for me, to be frank, just seemed dull. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that's the frank, frank, you know, word about it. I, it just seemed kind of dull to me. And I started looking for other opportunities. I also finished my bachelor last year and I didn't want to um, continue studying. I didn't want to continue losing money. <laughs> so um, here I am on this grad cracker uh, uh, webinar. <laughs> so, brilliant well thanks Sam it's a good point you know this is Gary I'm sure you're going to kind of second that in terms of what you've done so far but Mm. it just it's interesting to know there is so many different routes that you can go into even something like you did Sam so Gary you had a similar similar story as well don't you yeah pretty um pretty close actually in terms of logic and reasoning Uh, so I did biomedical science in Manchester um, prior to that, I think a lot of people will be in the same boat. Zainab might even be able to relate with this, that um, in school, you tend to get corralled into the more uh, STEM science subjects. 
Um, I yeah. see some nods there. Yeah, so they, they tend to corral you into the maths and science regions. Um, and if you're unsure of where you want to go, you tend to go towards one of these STEM fields because you know that the options are there. Um, and so I followed that line of logic. And I think within my course of around 200 students, a lot of us had a similar mentality, um, not really knowing where we're going to end up afterwards. Um, uh, the fun thing is that a lot of us actually went into fields that weren't related to our actual degree. Um, so as Sam would say, we are typically would go to academia and same for biomedical sciences. Mm. Um, it would be lab work afterwards. Uh, mm. So after I graduated, I did try accounting, recruitment, and I even did a bit of nursing assisting to, to see oh, if wow. the, the healthcare science would be, yeah. um, you know, the kind of line you'd want to go. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different uh, kind of avenues you can take. And I think it depends more on your soft skills and your interests um, in the softer side. Um, and yeah, it's a good thing that grad path are, are doing this kind of awareness for the STEM students because uh, yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of paths you can take. And the, the last path I'm currently on obviously is uh, S at the end. Um, I suppose we're gonna explore that in a bit, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that, Gary. See now, but you studied chemical engineering. Um, yes. You are now a process engineer at SSA. Yes. Um, so what is your role and what are your responsibilities? So I am currently a process engineer um, on a conventional tissue machine in Prado. Um, so the machine that I am working on currently produces tissue for many well-known brands such as Velva and Cushel. Generally, I am responsible for making changes and any adjustments to the machine. So for example, if I want to modify the sheet's properties, I would be involved in that. Um, as well as this, I am heavily involved in carrying out trials and projects. Mm -hmm. So for example, the most recent trial that I have done involves a furnish change. So a furnish is like, you can think of it like a recipe behind a certain product. Mm -hmm. So what I've done is I changed this recipe. Um, and then I, from this, I completed a trial report to make sure that there wasn't actually any negative impact on the actual product itself or on the machine as well. Um, apart from this, I'm also responsible for troubleshooting because this is an important part of being a process engineer if there is a process issue within the machine. So for example, let's say um, you're with your water treatment, for example, I will be responsible in fault finding and generally finding the root cause of, of that problem and addressing it and implementing any solutions to rectify this. So in a nutshell, that's it. How often <laughs> would you say that you change your product's recipe as such? You know, is that something that you constantly looking it's, to achieve or is it like every couple of years? How does that work? I mean, it just depends on the current situation. So obviously we need to maintain our product quality. That is the most important thing from a commercial side. Um, however, sometimes when on site, we used recycled pulp and sometimes it's dip So your furnish will depend on the stock levels that you have. So for example, we have a lot of recycled stock on site, which needs to be used up. Um, and this can't be shipped to other sites because then that would be an on cost for this site over here so um, of course there'll be concessions in place and there are data reviews constantly happening and um, anything to mitigate the effect of the overall product so it, it doesn't tend to happen that often but if it does it's well within reason. Yeah it's got responsibility already then in your role. Yeah definitely from from the get-go it was it was responsibility from day one I'd say. Brilliant that's great. Um, Carla mentioned at the beginning 
Uh, your the ST graduate programs are live and obviously they're all open on the uh, company hub on Gradcracker. So any students that are listening to this session, you know, as soon as we finish, make sure you get onto the hub um, and get applying for these exciting roles. Ruth, please, can you tell us a bit about the application process this year? Um, so, you know, has it been affected by COVID? Are you going maybe more to um, remote kind of interviews and things like that? What's it all looking like? What can students expect? I mean, year on year, we always look at our process and, and learn from the previous year. So um, we had a, quite a lot, even pre-COVID, we had quite a lot that was done online mm -hmm. um, and digitalised. Last year's process, when, when the, all these guys were, were recruited, um, we obviously had to react to the COVID situation quite quickly. So um, we had to do a lot of interviews um, virtually. So that was really the game changer for us was doing all the interviews virtually um, indeed Gary and Sam I don't think you've ever been into an office yet have you <laughs> so and you joined right. us in September so um, you haven't actually physically met your managers face to face as yet so we've done all the recruitment and onboarding um, virtually so um, for this year, going back to your question, for this year, it's going to be a very similar thing. We have tweaked things a little bit. Um, our online assessment for um, the GO graduate is a little bit different this year. So it's a bit more gamification. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but generally, the process is for the GO graduate program. Um, apply. There's an initial shortlist. People that pass that initial shortlist go through to the gamification. Um, if they get a good result from that, then they're progressed to a recorded interview. So they're sent a, 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 a set of questions and they record themselves answering those. That's then assessed and those that come out from that um, are then interviewed virtually on a face-to-face -face basis uh, over a two-stage program, uh, two, two stages of interview. So there are quite a number of stages to the GO graduate program. Yeah. With the um, process engineer uh, recruitment, it is slightly more streamlined because it is just a slightly different um, program that we run. So very similar to what Zainab had last year, we did, um, again, applying through our website and uploading your CV. Then from that shortlist, we will then um, do recorded interviews and then from that go straight to the face-to-face two-stage interview process. So it just takes out the, the gamification aspect of it. Okay. Ruth, can I ask a question? Why, why, is it, why do you call it the, the GO graduate programme? Why is it GO? So the GO graduate programme refers to graduate onboarding. So that's the GO. Yeah. Um, and it's a programme that... Um, is really looking at, um, it's an opportunity for people to come on board that then have a, a global networking um, opportunity uh, with other graduates around the world. So the, the global element is doing these networking opportunities with other graduates that are taken on through that GO program. Um, gradually, other departments are doing their own graduate programs so that 
So um, Zainab coming on as what we call GETS program, which is the graduate engineering um, training. Mm -hmm. That is done much more on one site because the machinery is so complex. And I'm sure Zainab will, yeah. will back me up on that. It <laughs> yeah. really takes the two year initial program to just get your head around one paper machine almost, doesn't it? Yeah, and um, so so that element of rotation um, is difficult to build in. So that's why we do a slightly different one for our process engineers. But there is there are still opportunities to to network globally within the manufacturing element um, of the business. So different graduate programs do things very slightly different, but essentially our focus is on. Um, uh, uh, um, succession planning and looking at how we can bring in younger people or people that have graduated, got that graduate qualification to um, ensure the longevity of the business going forward. And I think this ties in, Ruth, as well. Um, with like for, for you, for example, who, you know, is responsible for all the recruitment and, you, you, you know, the recruitment manager aspect of your role. Why is it so important um, to SET and, and to you to recruit STEM students and from a STEM um, background? I mean, some are very obvious. So a process engineer, we would want yeah. that that engineering background. Um, so so that, that they're quite an obvious um, sort of fit and, and, and need for that skill and knowledge already. Um, yeah. We, I, I guess what we look in, if I can just keep with the engineering side of things for a minute, I guess what we also look for, because there's lots of people coming out of university um, with an engineering qualification. So we're kind of also looking for interests that people have or work experience that they've gained um, or industrial placements. Um, so if people have those, then that almost allows them, you know, to, to um, sit above other graduates that maybe don't have that from and just have a pure um, engineering qualification and nothing else so it is important particularly for graduates if they're thinking of an engineering career it's really important to consider actually do I want to do that industrial placement year or be prepared to do some work experience when you've graduated initially to get that on your CV because that will make you stand out a little bit more from from others that haven't got that yeah. so um so for, that's from the <clears throat> going into an engineering career if you're if you're like Gary and Sam and actually move into a, a sales role for example we we both Gary and Sam work in our medical division and mm -hmm. um, so we talk we're talking to um, NHS trust we're talking to clinicians we're talking to people who have that medical bio a medical science biology background and um, so if graduates have that as a basis of understanding we mm. can teach them the mm. sales skills if they've got the passion mm. and interest to do that um, but mm. that that background knowledge I think and I, hopefully Gary and Sam you agree with me is invaluable in that sort of base understanding of our, the background to our products and those conversations that you're having with our with our, our customers. Mm. Yeah thanks I think that leads nicely on to Gary and Sam just to go through. I know we've spoke to you, Zaina, about your, your roles and responsibilities and everything else. And so should we go to mm -hmm. Gary? Do you want to go through what your role actually entails and, and how well. your STEM background help, helps you in your current role? Yeah, sure, sure. So the thing with the GROW program is because it's a rotation 
uh, rotation and placement based. It's very different and you can't say that it's defined. Um, that's why I think Ruth went in the interview process was actually quite um, fluffy about the details and I didn't understand until I got in that it's fluffy because it's actually on the go. It's very dynamic um, and Sam will have a completely different experience than I would. Um, but I suppose relevant to mine, mine's very much uh, a support role at the moment because we are facing regional um, problems and issues of entry of access. And so it's very much um, a support role for me. Uh, and so I try to um, say collate information, some data analysis um, presentations, and, and then I could present that to the clients or the customers. Um, and sometimes they're just educational. Um, mm -hmm. So in reference to, in relation to my actual STEM background, let's say for the last meeting I had, one of the questions that was asked by one of the clients, one of the customers was how does silver resistance actually work? Um, so it's very much not something that you associate <clears throat> your mind with the sales role. Um, it's very mm -hmm. much more in that science or that, that biomedical kind of practice. Um, and I think, I think Sam would have the same experience, but because it is a, a medical sales job, a lot of the questions and Kind of queries that we'll have to learn how to tackle and have to um, consult others on will be really on that technical side of things yeah um, so mm -hmm. it's a lot of that uh kind of background knowledge that you won't necessarily know from your degree but you'll know bits and bobs of it enough to pick up on and then later on when you get those technical questions you'll be able to tackle it with the added sales training that you'll get over the two years if that makes sense yeah that makes perfect sense thanks gary mm. and sam Sorry, Jess. Yeah. Sam, can you just, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to follow up what Gary said, I think you made a really good point there because I think with a STEM background, it's more about you know the way that you think about things. It's the way that you think about the information that you process and then kind of regurgitate it to say someone you're presenting to or someone someone you're writing to in an email. So I think that was that was a really good point. But yeah, in terms of my my responsibilities and my role. Um, it's fairly varied. Um, I wouldn't say like every every day can be different in terms of like the amount of work I, I have to do or the number of customers that call me. Um, I mean, I'm constantly <laughs> I constantly have my phone phone by my side, and um, you know, as as you saw just before this grad cracker meeting, you know, I get a call from a bloody customer. So like, some days can be quiet, and sometimes I can be back in a corner <laughs> with everyone just asking me questions. But um, but yeah, there's also um, there's also quite a lot of independence. I think you know, I'm, I mean, I don't know if Gary has had a similar experience, but 100%. I don't feel like I'm being micromanaged at all by my superiors I feel like I can get on with my own work and I've, I've been given a sense of responsibility mm -hmm. um, which is basically just to increase sales um, and develop business in in the territories that I'm working in um, and taking business from our competitors as well which is yeah. which is always fun um, <laughs> and yeah and, and also a supporting role so supporting customers with with any queries about about our products so you know, you can get the the most random questions. You know about products like, oh, should should my patient sign this prescription? And then I'm like, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe they should. I don't, like, wow. Maybe I can help you. I, I don't know if I can help you with that, but yeah, it's it's no day is the same. No day is the same. I will say, um, is, is my main point <laughs> from that. Yeah. Um, before, yeah. before I move back onto Zainab, um. How, you know, sales, I, I work in sales and I've worked in sales 
for quite a while now. How cutthroat is it? Because I think some of the students who are watching, you know, might think, oh, I'd love to come away from my degree, you know, use it, but, you know, not stay in it um, and be involved in things like sales. You know, it's an exciting world. But if I was um, a student listening, I think, oh, do I have to hit targets? You know, am I really accountable mm. for those targets? And I would mm. be, you know, a little bit worried about that. So how, mm. how kind of cutthroat is, is the sales aspect to your roles? Mm -hmm. That kind of, I think there's a bit of a stereotype as well mm. as a salesperson, don't yeah. you? You think of you know, the slick back no. hair and you know, a suit or whatever. Oh. And it might be an old fashioned. Go on, Gary. No. Okay. It's not the Wolf of Wall Street. Don't worry. It's, it's not like the Wolf of Wall Street. There is that, you know, that you've got to be that kind of person. But mm. do you have to be that kind of person, Sam? You just have to be resilient. That's all. Um, yeah. As long as you're resilient, then you can you can work in sales, in my opinion. Um, what else was I going to say? Yeah, they well, I mean, at least in this company, they will you know they really ease you into it. Um, in terms of in terms of your progression and development, and your you know, it's not like they'll throw you in front of a tissue viability nurse on your first day and like you know, me and Gary, we had our ITC which lasted for four, four weeks even before we could do any work. So it's very much a slow process and it's the whole point about the grad scheme you know it's two years of this and then we can progress to actually you know working in sales or whatever job we decide to take within the company um but yeah, that's that's my two cents on it but ITC? i think sorry itc oh an itc sorry that was um it's like a training training course so a four-week training course where we learn about the company and all the products that we have to sell cool. um, yeah. and and everybody goes through that so even ex yeah. experienced sales professionals joining yeah. mid-career or managers they all go through that yeah. same uh, training program because mm. it's so important that everyone understands the mm. product portfolio before they they go out and meet any customer support Can i just chime in on that them? Jessica, Sorry? I'm just chiming into Jessica's question for Sam because she mentioned the stereotypes with the sales. My um, during my interview process, one of the national managers, um, Chris, Sam, Chris George, Chris <laughs> George, he's Welsh. I love him. He's Welsh, so I love him. <laughs> he, told, he told me that if if I was a type to sell my own grandma for 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 a raise, I'm not going to get the job. So uh, in terms of that Wolf of Wall Street kind of mentality, uh, they openly tell you that if you have something a bit, a bit too aggressive, you're not going to even get in because it's, it's a very, it, it is a medical and hygiene mm. kind of taking care of others kind of field. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think other sales, I have worked in sales field that are like that, but it's very different with each industry. Um, yeah. I think that's yeah. something that people have to keep in mind that every industry is very different in the way they tackle their jobs. Yeah. Mm. And I think um, ST globally have an approach. Yeah, yes, of course, we want, we, we aim to get um, sales growth. Of course we do. Um, but it's also about the long long term and customer relationship building is so important. So when yeah. we're recruiting, um, including at the graduate level, we're recruiting around those attributes about um, communication, listening, supporting, um, and, and, and being able to develop relationships with people and how, mm. how graduates have, can demonstrate that. 
um, because mm. that's equally as important as well as getting the sale because it's the after sale yeah. care as well. And Sam's touched on that when he's taking all sorts of questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, just to give Carla a bit of a compliment here, because I always say Carla's the best salesperson I've ever met. But I think the reason why she is because she doesn't sell. You know, mm. she just looks after her customers. I'm sure Ruth, you can second me on this. She looks after after all our employers on Gradcrack and you do such a good job. You don't sell to them. You just look after them. And I think that's mm. quite yeah. a good point, isn't it? If you just look after, yeah. give the client what the want, what they need, and then you don't have to convince them about anything. Yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Big milk rugs. No, I totally agree. You know, ju- not just in relation to Grad Cracker, but, you know, with it, within SET as well, it, it's very, um, it's very much a culture. We have four um, beliefs and behaviours that are very integrated into every aspect, whether it's you're in global manufacturing or sales or HR, wherever, um, and everything's built up around those four beliefs and behaviors around care, commitment, courage, and collaboration. Um, And we're as part of our um, uh, appraisal process as well, and our personal development plans are built up around those. So, um, and I think that's reflective of the type of culture that we we have at Etity in that Mm. it's not all about the hard sell or getting the product out at the cheapest price regardless of quality you know we want to look after our customers we care for our customers Mm. and we want the best quality product and if that costs a little bit more to produce or it costs a little bit more in terms of our time in in working out the best ingredients for that product, then we will we will invest in that and we will mm. invest in the right um, machinery to do that. And similarly in sales, we will spend the time not only selling to our customers, but training them on our products as well. So we, we employ um, qualified nurses to go out and, and actually train the clinicians on how best to use products within the portfolio around incontinence care or um, in the skincare product range or whatever mm. it may be that we will do that training that after after sales care. Cool mm. yeah, thanks Ruth. I think mm. um, we've spoken to the spoken to the boys a lot about you know the, the sales element of the role and um, Zainab I'm just looking at your little face there your high and I'm like I want to get <laughs> Um, so I think we're going to um, talk to you about training development. Obviously, we've touched upon all the different areas of this, but specifically to you, Zainab, your role so far, your journey so far at SET, from a personal point of view, what training have you enjoyed the most and what do you feel like you've gained from that training? So um, I've been here for about a year now, um, and I would say that I've had already many learning opportunities and also the required support to go with it. I think although the graduates can also agree that when you come in, you need time invested in you and the training to go along with that in order for you to develop and learn in order to become better at your job basically um so straight away from the get-go I was assigned um, a buddy and she was also an ex-graduate and she's been here for 10 years now and is now the process leader of the machine so I think that's been very valuable to me because she's first handedly has gone through that experience and she's been able to provide me with a lot of guidance and general advice as well so it's not just someone who I'm working with but someone who it's like having a friend who can just talk you through things and it it does make things easier um 
after three months as well, I was um, given practical training. So I went on shift. So what I mean by when I went on shift is that I worked with the actual operators and learned their jobs, uh, learned a bit more about the machine. I would say that this had this was probably my favorite part, I think, because it was ultimately a completely different experience. When you're in the office, um, it's a different environment. Understanding how the machine works and how to operate the machine are two completely separate things. So I think being able to get that practical knowledge and also learn a bit more about the machine itself. I mean, like Ruth said before, there's so much to learn it's actually unbelievable when I came here it, it was like how am I going to learn all of this but I think that's what makes it so exciting as well um, so that's definitely probably the most enjoyable part as well um, as also part of my training um, I have regular one-to-ones with my manager as well um, so that's good because we focus on my development areas and we set goals for myself which are reviewed monthly um, ending with an annual review as well uh, where your performance is kind of rated and you you talk about the next year and your goals so I think that's good because you have a transparent relationship as well so anything that you want you you can just ask and it's literally as simple as that and you do get it I mean um, because I've been here for about a year I think I would like to go on shift again because now I know so much more about the machine it would be a completely different experience from someone who's just come in and been here for a couple of months yeah. so I hope that answers your question yeah it does yeah, really so great because I just think you you know would you imagine when you're at uni, someone's saying, oh, you're going to be working shifts, you're going to be working on these machines, it's no. going to be so hands-on. And this top it off, you're going to love it, it's going to probably be the best part of your experience. You've yeah. And I just think that it's so great, you know, like how, you know, when you're at university sometimes, and this is what I try and say to the students when I'm talking to them, you know, sometimes what you think you, you want to necessarily what you mm-hmm. end up doing and what you actually enjoy and the experience For you sure. get a complete worlds apart you yeah, know like you, everything you've just said then could you imagine you know me telling you no. two or three years ago this is what you're gonna love no to be honest I wouldn't have I wouldn't have believed it I mean before this I am um, I worked in aerospace so I worked at a yeah. saffron and I thought I was genuinely going to love that because you're working on aircraft components I mean that that's amazing but honestly it was very dull to be quite blunt with you. I mean, no disrespect <laughs> to any aerospace engineers that might be watching this. But um, I think a positive that came from it, I really developed my passion for manufacturing. Yeah. And I just realized that I wanted a fast-paced environment, but it took me to from working in that environment to realize that. But I mean, if you want to work in a fast-paced environment, this is your place to be. Brilliant. Win-win. No looking back then. Yes. I'd echo that as well because I talked to quite a lot of students in in pre-COVID times when we were going around career career fairs and people um you know with that obviously recognize our brands in Cashel Toilet Roll for example and think it's quite a small machine that this stuff comes from and to be honest before I started working for ST I never gave it a second thought what what type of machinery was used to 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 make toilet roll and actually then when people come on site and, and do the site tour and they realize that one paper machine can fill up a massive sports yeah. hall height length width um, and the complexities in the process 
um, it just it's unbelievable and, and that's what really then excites people because especially engineers because they're like oh yeah. my god you know I can't wait to get in on that <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, make changes and tinker mm. and do make continuous improvement suggestions and everything so um, and, and I think that I think that's that's the surprise that people have um, with SET yes it's it's FMCG so it, it is you know, continuously mm -hmm. looking what customer demands are, how we can meet those customer demands. I mean, a year ago, exactly a year ago, we had no toilet roll on the shelves, did well, we? This <laughs> <laughs> so, there's nothing on the shelves. So, Prudo, where Zainab is based, um, you know, working absolutely flat out to make sure that you know the supply chain was there and um and and they've been continuing all the way through the covid period as well you know we haven't had to stop production in any any area in terms of supplying the customers and what they need but it's keeping up with the customers customer demands change Zainab's talked about you know um the makeup of the product that will change you know that's constantly being reviewed and um, to look at how we can provide things that are, you know more sustainable the packaging everything that that makes up that product we buy from a shelf and um, we're constantly looking at, and Zainab's role is so important in in that yeah. as well uh, and we and we and that's why we take on apprentice uh, on on graduates because graduates come in with that 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 graduate knowledge, that technical mm -hmm. awareness that they've learned at university, come in with a fresh pair of eyes, are amazed at the machinery and really have a passion to, to make things better for us and for, and for them and their career development. We really just want to get stuck in, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's, that's really good. Though. But, you know, it, but does it, is it a little bit daunting that you're, sorry, I'm putting my tucking my legs in now I'm getting right into this webinar is it a little bit daunting is it a little bit daunting those in but if you're so you're working on this machine that you're working on at the moment to work on that for the rest of your life no or do you get to experience different machines you know what what is it actually like there for your future the thing is in I understand your point but I, I think mm -hmm. what people don't realize is there is so much to learn on one machine and right. I don't think anyone can say I know it all I don't think I'll ever get there because that that point is it's, it's just not possible because there's that much to learn and it might mm. sound very cliche but honestly it's one of the things that surprised me as well I thought I would know the process inside and out within a year and honestly I couldn't be more wrong than I am um, mm. so I think in terms of moving machine the thing the problem is if you go from one machine to another you would have to start again because yeah. no two machines are the same your processes aren't the same um the machinery is also completely different so it's it's not like for like at all so I think um we're especially working on a tissue machine there's always things to do and that's why you'll, you'll never get bored I mean mm -hmm. I'm here after a year and honestly it's 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 so fun <laughs> Oh, I've got a whole new respect for tissues now to count on I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how much respect was involved. The tissues. I, know, I think, I think tissues. as well, um, you know, there are process engineers that have remained pretty much on, on one paper machine yeah. their whole career and they've done 30, 40 years with us and, you know, yeah. still loving it and still learning and, that's... And, uh, um, and, that, and that's fantastic. But there are opportunities also to cross over and, and do work on different machines, work up through the the engineering pro, uh, 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 team, as it were, um, and, and take on management roles or project roles, um, and that can develop into a global um, opportunities as well. So, um, 
I think that's what's so great about ST. You can you do have that choice. You either become an expert in and and stay where you are and really thrive in that, or you can thrive in in other uh, disciplines or or um, uh, interests that you have. If you want mm. to go into management, then there is a whole support around that management development as well. I think what's great though, like Zane, I've used it about, about it earlier on in the webinar about you know your 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 um, mentor who's now your friend that that lady you know you're going to be that lady in you know five six years time so you're going to be helping graduates who come in with the business yeah and you're going I hope to be so that mentor mm -hmm. as well so that that should be yeah, nice definitely I mean yeah she's been here for such a long time and honestly when I speak to her about just being on one machine and she says the exact same thing you, yeah. you can you can see it I think. When you see it firsthand, you understand, but you won't get to that point until you actually work here. Yeah. Ruth, I think we need some pictures of these machines on your hub. Well, um, some of your viewers watch it, watching this Grad Cracker post um, that they, um, they might have seen our Manchester site, which was on inside the factory. Yes. Um, so yeah. that's very exactly the same. They've just got one paper machine there. Prudhoe have two paper machines, so it's a bigger site. Um, but um, that will give them an idea of, of what it's all about in terms of, the, I mean, paper machines run faster than cars can go on a motorway. And it's mm -hmm. a, it's a three, is it three seconds yeah. from wet to dry end, something like that. So the, the, the wet, the 99% wet mulch at one end comes out in a big two ton toilet roll at the other end that takes three seconds and that and that all the engineering that is required in that three second process is amazing so um yeah can't really describe it <laughs> what i'd like to know though i used to work in um, at a local newspaper and the press hall when they used to where they used to make the papers the smell i loved the smell zainab does it smell nice in that factory mm, that's debatable to be honest <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, I did work I did work for a plastic manufacturer at one point and I tell you uh paper is much nicer smell than plastic so yeah, yeah. Oh, okay <laughs> and it also depends on the type of pulp that you're using as well and it also depends on how old the stock is within your system because <laughs> that will all affect your smell as well that's true right, right Jess I'm going to go to projects yes let's so could you all tell me about uh, one of your favourite projects that you've been involved in so far, um, starting with you, Gary? Oh, me and we. <laughs> <laughs> um, favourite projects? I've been involved with a few. I'm not sure if I can uh, outline one as a favourite project. As I said, Birmingham has been quite um, sealed off because of COVID. Obviously, it's a pandemic going on, um, and Birmingham being the size it is, um, with the number of patients we've been having in the hospitals, because it is very much, um, the medical side especially, is very uh, patient-focused. Okay. Uh, so it's been very sealed off at the moment. I can tell you the future ones, but right now in Birmingham, the most I've done, or the more most of the projects I've been doing is really just collating information, analyzing the sales data, and creating the presentations. Um, mm -hmm. There's been a few of training the nurses um, on how to use these, and they've been interesting because we've had to actually shift the process from what it was face-to-face um, -face before and then integrating that into uh, a Zoom meeting like this with um, everyone in a circle and me or one of our team trying to show the garments or the dressings around. Um, so I suppose the, the the shift in the way we do things is interesting. But I suppose in terms of projects, I think you'd be better off with Sam on that one. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> God. I wasn't ready for that. Oh, shit. Good transition there, Gary. That was good. I know. Very good. <laughs> you and here it is. <laughs> I was gonna, what, I was gonna, what I was just going to say, though, what an interesting time to be working with those people in the midst of a mm. pandemic. Absolutely. It must be quite, you know... The conversations Honestly. you're having and everything else, it's a bit unprecedented at the moment, I guess. Yeah, it? it's really mm. strange as well because we're, from our side, we're all working from home and they have their masks on. I feel rude not having a mask on at home. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. oh my God. Yeah, because they all turn up with masks and I'm like, oh, wait, where's mine? <laughs> like, oh, wait, I'm in my own house. That's all good. <laughs> oh. Oh. Go on, then, Sam. Tell me about your oh. favorite projects. Um, uh, same as Gary to be fair I don't actually have probably a favorite one although a lot of my time has been taken up by um, work I'm doing in Kent um, it's quite it's quite interesting actually because our company um, jobs the the compression company or brand um, shares a formulary with a competitor um, a new formulary with a with a competitor Medi um, that you may or may not have heard of. Um, and we, we are tasked with basically training up all the nurses in Kent. And if you think about Kent, it's a massive area yeah. um, on the new garments on this formulary. So that, I mean, yeah, it's been, it's been, a, been an interesting one, I will say. Um, there's quite, I've just been, I think this year, January, I, I had a list of practices in Kent and it was just smile and dial <laughs> just smile and dial y'all need to y'all need to be trained on these garments you need to be trained and then just Sam, booking in meetings sorry what you mean about training them on the garments what does that actually mean sorry it essentially means um it's just a way to book in a meeting basically it's saying like we need to train you on these garments um so we need to book in a virtual session to discuss the new garments on this formula blah 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 and then once you get them in you you kind of convert it more to like a sales call so not not entirely sales but you kind of do a bit of probing you know you ask them about what their needs are um and then you try and find a you know, a way to support their needs in that, in that call. So it's more, it's kind of more than training in a way. It's, mm. it's actually solving their specific issues that they have. Um, so it's not like, oh, we just turn up and, you know, it's not, it's not like death by PowerPoint where we just turn up and chat, chat, chat about all these garments and then say goodbye, which some other companies do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's just been a lot of that, a lot of, a lot of um, training on the new garments and a lot of the times you know um they'll they'll come to us and say ah wait so some of these garments on the formulary they're not actually suitable for some of our patients and then we say well we're booking a new meeting you know two weeks down the line and we'll discuss wraps or made to measure which are other types um so there's yeah there's a lot to do um, so a, a garment could be like a bandage uh face mask what could a garment actually be a garment is um basically uh, a medical device that you use to reduce chronic edema so um sometimes you see runners using them quite often you see runners wearing compression garments sometimes um but normally 
you'll put on a, if you have chronic edema or a venous leg ulcer, you'll have some kind of compression garments on uh, to right. reduce that edema that yeah. increases the chances of a venous leg ulcer occurring. Um, God, I'm going back into my mode now. <laughs> the right, yeah. I, th I think the point is though that, that there's there's a lot of lot on the portfolio and and mm. garments are used yeah. for different situations with different hundred um, percent different different um, patients yeah. and yep. um, the, yep. the different um, healthcare providers, whether it be doctor surgery or acute mm. care in hospitals, will want yep. different different products within that portfolio and, because they'll be de yeah. dealing with different severities of that condition as well won't they yeah and there's so many there's so many you know j just take the jobs portfolio there's so many of them you know when I first looked at them six months ago I was like oh my god <laughs> like <laughs> you know similar to a Zena with the with the machine and everything so many products so many iterations on the same product you know you um you can kind of build a bit of empathy Well, myself being new, I build a bit of empathy with the nurses when we come to them and talk to them about all these random garments and everything, you know, you can understand that they might be confused. Yeah. Um, so you can, you can kind of, I don't think exploit is the right word, but you can kind of, you know, use that to your advantage and make sure that you can justify training them. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Especially because you're taking their time as well, I suppose, aren't you? I mean, they're already, you know, mm. NHS at the moment with everything that they're going through under staff and everything else. And yeah. obviously the stress levels um, of the NHS at the yeah. moment are, you know, up here. It's so very I'm high. Guessing, yeah. You know, yeah, definitely. So I'm guessing you need to um, make good use out of their time as well and make sure you 100%. are really responding to their needs and requirements. Yeah. Always, always ask how long a customer has uh, yeah. to talk to you. That's the first thing you always ask. Um, um, and then everything should be fine <laughs> after that. Um, yeah. So next, I want to kind of ask you all about the social aspect um, and what you've enjoyed so far as part of being on the graduate program at ST. You know, have you had anything outside of your your, your role, sorry, that you've enjoyed? Or I know again, I know it's difficult when we've done it all remotely. Yeah. <laughs> events or anything like that. Sam, uh -huh. how about you? I, I mean, it it would be so good if we we could all like meet meet up in real life. Like, I'm so excited to meet everyone, everyone in this, everyone that I've met virtually in this company in real life. But obviously, it hasn't happened yet. Um, yeah, there isn't. I, I don't know if Gary can help me. I don't know if there was any. We have like we have conferences. We have virtual conferences, which are quite fun. Um, uh, which you know. You just, you know, you watch quite a few presentations, probably nine to five presentations, and then you go into little breakout rooms and talk about random subjects that are completely irrelevant to, to the business. But um, yeah, those are normally good times because I think for, for us, like for me also, I, we, we're kind of separated into regions. So I, I'm in region four, Gary's in region three, I think. And we kind of don't really mix too much, like, mm -hmm across regions so it's always good to have these you know these conferences so we can like merge, <laughs> merge i think together. for our side there is like a few, there are a few different um ways to answer that i think definitely before the whole COVID thing hit 
um, I think when Ruth and I first started speaking, there was on the table this um, this prospect of all the graduates globally meeting up in Sweden, and that was mm -hmm. the, that was the big thing that I think we lost I was last so year. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, all of us are quite excited for that oh. one. Um, I, I think I think at the same time they're they're finding ways to kind of change around it because obviously the social aspect, the job feeling like a team, is a big. Um, important kind of um, aspect in, in actually working together. So for example, my region now, I've just switched into a different region up north. Um, and in two weeks time, we have an event for um, Bacon Boogie. So Rose, Sam, Rose has, a, <laughs> Rose has set up. So anyone that can actually oh. attend, um, you know, uh, keeping in mind that if, if it doesn't impact their actual day-to-day -day work, anyone that can attend from the region will go on this big um, meeting, virtual meeting, of course, um, and we'll all be in our kitchens baking a little cake. Or trying, <laughs> so good. <trying. laughs> um, <laughs> but I think each little region is finding their own ways to actually yeah. socialize. Um, yeah. It's yeah. not the same as it is normally, um, mm. what I gather, but I think everyone is trying to make it as social as possible and actually build those ones. Mm. Oh, that's good. You mentioned and have you had any kind of virtual... If I were going to say that, just regions, Gary, what, what do you mean by regions? Right, right. Um, so the, the company, one of the nice things about the company, I, I think Sam will agree with this. I'm not sure about Zainab um, down in Prado. I've only just heard of Prado today. Um, but <laughs> but um, I think one of the nicest things about the, the company, because it's such a large company, um, it, it holds a lot of different brands. And you'd think that it's, it's one of those things that you'll tend to become a number in. Um, I think they combat it in a really nice way where everyone still feels like a very small compact yeah. team. Um, and the 100%. reason for that is because everything's really streamlined into a different, um, a different path. So for example, the medical side and then the, the, the Kashal side, all of that, the Torque side, everything's very much in its own little path. We have conferences to actually meet up and um, talk about our strategies globally and nationally every now and then, but mm -hmm. on a whole, um, Sam and I will only see, let's say, 10 other members of the team. So yeah. region one, which is what I'm in now, it would be the north. So that would cover Scotland, Ireland, and um, a bit of Leeds. I'm not sure how far it goes down. Region three, for example, would Scotland be... Scotland and a bit of Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. That's an interesting... I think the the north and part of England. Scotland and a bit of Leeds. I think it's from Scotland to Leeds, but the north is quite sparse. So the regions are based on population. Uh, I know it sounds a bit silly, but the, I think the regions are based on population sizes and not actual geographical maps. Um, yeah. But because they're so segmented, every region is a little bit of a family in its own right. Um, so it's a dynamics. You'll enter it and you'll feel like you've entered a different, um, a different family. And they've all known each other for years and years. And yeah. so it's really quite yeah. cute. And uh, everything feels small, but big at the same time. Oh, thanks, Gary. Sorry, Zane, I've interrupted Jess then. But no, so I think Ruth was going to speak then, but I don't know if we've lost you, Ruth. Okay. You're on mute. Ruth. <laughs> You're on mute. No, she's... She on mute? She's no. not on mute anymore, but... No, I don't think so. We've lost you. Headset uh, um, has run out. I mean, my internet was a bit weird, just for about one minute or so. Not sure. Back now. Yeah, but I don't know where Ruth is. We'll come. Yeah, no, oh. we'll come back to Ruth. <laughs> Zainab, shall we speak? Yeah. Ruth can have a fiddle. Um, Zainab, we're going to ask. Oh, yeah, can hear you oh, now. Yes. Sorry. 
<laughs> forget headphones. <laughs> go back to go back to the traditional way. Um, I can't remember what I was going to say now. I think oh yes, because um, medical division is is split. They're all working from home, or the vast majority of the, of the medical division work from home. So so it that that's why they sort of um, geographically form these these sort of hubs, as it were, to make sure that they're keeping in contact with people mm. and people feel in included in things and they're not left, yeah. um, you know. It's really important. Yeah. Really yeah. important. Thanks, Ruth. And Zainab, I think we're going to talk about your, because you're actually, you know, on the shop floor, as it were, at the moment, aren't you? So what, if you can, what social activities um, have you been part of or are you looking forward to when lockdown restrictions have been lifted? Yeah, this question is quite difficult. I mean, I'm very grateful that I've been in the office ever since I've started, but I mean, ever since I have started, COVID's been around. So, I mean, we have planned things, but unfortunately, they've just been cancelled. But, I mean, I know that there is something to look forward to, which is yeah. which is a good thing. But, yeah. unfortunately, I can't comment too much about that because I haven't yeah. been a part of any. I think that's a good point. Oh. We've all still got a lot to look forward to. Yeah, very true. But you're gonna, it's gonna be even better when you all meet each other. Face yeah, for sure. Exactly. Give yeah. everyone a big hug and yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to giving you a hug, Jessica. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh the enthusiasm there. <laughs> We're best friends on the outside, but I'm not worried. Um, <laughs> She would touch my face like that. Really <laughs> um, I think we're going to move on to one exciting fact about ST. Yes. I'm going to start with... Who are we going to start with? I want a normal one. Zainab. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, ST will be the first tissue facility in Europe to use wheat straw-based pulp instead of wood-based wood pulp. So this is excellent from a sustainability point of view because um, wheat-based wheat pulp requires less energy and electricity. Um, as well as that, they will also be the first tissue company in the world to scale up this production facility to actually manufacture the wheat-based pulp. So, yeah. Wow. Was that exciting enough? How would that work if you were a farmer, though? So if you were a farmer, would you rather sell your wheat to ST or to somebody to make bread, for example? I'm not sure, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I think I think bread. what they're picking up on is the um so so a wheat field, you'll ha the farmer will harvest it as normal, yeah. but what's left is those sort of sticks. And, and when I was oh. young, they used to burn them. Yeah. Decades. They obviously haven't done that now. Um, but I think it's them picking up that that um that waste from the from the field and right. that then gets delivered. That I think that's I might have misunderstood it, but that's that's my understanding from what's been on our on our internet. Interesting. I'm surrounded mm. by here. So yeah, look at those in new light. Mm. Um Gary, interesting fact. Um interesting, exciting. Um I think <laughs> I think it's that I think what I'm what I just mentioned. Um uh, I'm not I'm not sure about Zainab. I think Zainab said she worked in um what is it the flying stuff? <laughs> aerospace company. Aerospace, yeah, aerospace. I'm I'm not sure about the, the others. I think the other graduates that I've been talking to for sure have the same or similar experience that when you join a large company, it tends to feel like you've kind of dissolved into uh, the numbers, as, as it were, uh, if, if you will. 
um, I think it's that kind of company where it feels like a small one still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always forget how large the actual company is. And I never feel like I'm part of the global initiative because every time I go to work, um, everyone will call me by my nickname and um, everyone knows your face, even though we've never met in person. Um, and that for me at least feels very quite, um, it, they're in line with the values that Ruth says. Everyone, everyone that recruits says that they have nice company values. So when Ruth told me in the interviews, I was like, all right, Ruth, that's, <laughs> everyone says that. Um, but I've, I've not seen anything so far to, to uh, dispel that, that uh, impression that she's tried to give from the beginning. Hey, Gary, what's your nickname, love? <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it clean? Hang on, hang on, is it clean? <laughs> yeah, clean? Yeah. Uh, not rude. <laughs> oh yes. No, no, no. <laughs> I thought I thought you were asking if people called me clean, and that's why I work for a tissue company. Yeah. All right, clean. <laughs> How are you doing, clean? No, no. It's, um, it, it's not an interesting fact. My name is Jed because I have like uh, four, four official names, and so um, my official name is Gary, but it's not my actual name in real life. If oh. that makes sense. Uh, oh, I thought it was Gaza. <laughs> I'm going to unless Sam and Ruth if you've got have you got some really exciting facts I don't have anything exciting I don't know Uh, I was just I was just going to say that it it, you know off the top of what Gary said yeah even though it's even though you you definitely feel like you're just in like a 13 person company it is it is really international we've been able to meet with all the other great graduates that have um, started all around the world and um, you know luckily um, and well it's, it's really good that you know I still keep in contact with some of the graduate I think one of them she's she lives in Mexico another in Germany and you know I, I think it's really just really cool that you can have you know you can build international uh, relationships um, um, with with so many different people from different cultures you know Sweden Germany France Spain, Mexico, the US as well, I think. But, yeah. yeah. Company yeah. cars are really nice as well. Really nice company cars. <laughs> right. Ruth, final word from you. Um, I mean, just, just since I don't know if it's an interesting fact, but um, what, I, what I was, I'm always amazed by is, is our um, focus on campaign work as well. Um, so it's not just about sales, but it's, it's about... Um, trying to challenge the status quo. So when we look at our uh, work that we've done around um, period poverty, menstruation, um, uh, the campaigns have been award-winning. We've really driven, helped drive those conversations and been leaders within within those conversations as well. And I think, again, that's reflective of a little bit of our beliefs and behaviours, but it's about that we're doing more than just producing products. We're really, really trying to help people's health and hygiene globally. Perfect. Thanks, Ruth. Mm. And thanks, everybody, for joining us today. It's been really insightful, really fun webinar. Um, and I hope that you, the audience, are now interested and really want to work for SET. Um, so if you are, as I mentioned, right at the beginning of the webinar, they are open for their two graduate programmes. Um, so don't forget to go on, thoroughly research, research ST on Grad Cracker and put your applications in. 
Also remember that Ruth looks at every single application and she would love for you to um, mention that you've actually watched this webinar and that obviously that you thoroughly enjoyed it, which I'm guessing that you will have done. And um, let us know how you get on. You know, we're always interested, me and Jess are always interested about your success stories. And um, so let us know how you get on during the application to um, ST. If you are not ready to apply to the graduate opportunity just yet, don't forget that you can follow ST on GradCracker. And then when they reopen next year, you'll get an email and push notification to let you know that it's your time to apply. Don't forget you can rewatch this webinar. So me and Jess are going to go away behind the scenes and brief our copywriter, Hannah. And the ST um, webinar will actually be live today before close of play, which is five o'clock on the ST hub. Um, by probably mid next week, we'll have broken up the, this webinar into bite-sized chunks of little bits of advice. Um, they will also appear on the um, ST Hub and on the Gradcracker Career Centre. Next week, we are joined by Martin Baker, who is a world leader in design and manufacturing of ejection and crashworthy seats. I won't be here, but Jessica and Sophie will be chairing that webinar. So looking forward to watching that on the other side. And um, so see you all next week, same time, same place. And have a lovely Easter. And thanks, guys, for joining us today. It's been really informative. Loved it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Greg Cracker. Bye-bye.